Hey y'all, Skeeter, coming to you from your home field studios. Uh, go to home field and shop the great apparel, entering code Variety Sports for 15% off your first purchase. We pre-record our shows on Sunday night, and then we publish the preview show on Wednesdays. And the reason we do that is because on Tuesdays, Coach Drink has a presser and a coach's show. And so every now and then, we know we'll get some tidbits information to add back to the episode. And so this week, there's a couple things that we found out that we wanted to add on here real quick. Ennis Rakestraw is going to be out this week. Uh, that is a coach's decision on, uh, he's having some groin injury that's lingering, and so they're wanting to set him, rest him, get him back to 100% healthy. Also, uh, Makai Miller, uh, the wide receiver, back at practice this week. Uh, he suffered a head injury on top of the hand injury that he suffered in the K-State game. And so uh, he'll be back on the practice field. Not sure if that will translate to Saturdays. Also, Coach Drink made the comments about uh, too many pre-snap penalties along the offensive line and said that they've got to be cleaned up or those players might be coming out. So we mentioned uh, Connor Tomlinson and his... Uh, illegal snap or whatever they call that and weekly uh, snap malfunctions and then also Cameron Johnson withholding false starts and whatnot so interesting interested to keep an eye on them this coming week also he talked about personal fouls on the defensive side got it cleaned up that's got to be referring to Johnny Walker Jr. in this past week against LSU and then the Kentucky news that has come out is Bob Stoops is in the uh, headlines for some NIL comments, uh, and I don't think it's all positive. He was asked about Georgia, and he said that they bought some good players. And then also he made a plea to the fan base to uh, give more to NIL. And so he's taking a little bit of online dragging and national media dragging for that. So there might be a little bit of distraction for him uh, and that team going into this weekend's game, so that's just something to pay attention to. But now I'll let y'all get back to the regular scheduled program. Enjoy, M-I-Z. And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou Podcast. I'm one of your regular co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, can I do something real quick? This episode is going to drop on my beautiful wife's birthday, so I want to say happy birthday to my wife. Good job, go. Case. Good job. Howdy, y'all. And happy birthday, Lindsay. All right, Cole, you have brought on. You, I don't know how you did it because I did not know Kentucky had internet. But Well, he had uh, – oh, good night. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, he came uh, highly recommended just from a group chat member. Um, I, I started this thing where I reach out to – the next week's fan base and say, Hey, you, you know, who are some of your favorite podcasts? And, uh, Mr. Trace was one of the ones that, uh, came highly recommended. So Trace, welcome. Um, I guess if you don't mind, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and how you're connected to, uh, to the Kentucky Wildcats. 
Well, definitely tell that person thank you because that's the first. So I'll definitely put that plaque on my wall. Of there you go. That's <laughs> for everything. It's finally happened. No. Um, so I've, I'm just from Kentucky. I've been a Kentucky fan my whole life. I grew up as a Kentucky basketball fan for the majority of it. And then I got to, uh, you know, football wasn't much count for years and years. So I can't take credit for being a Kentucky football fan my entire life. I just didn't keep up with it. It was just basketball only. And then uh, probably about 2017, I got to help a, a fan site around town cover UK sports. I got to learn the whole media process of it for a couple of years. Fell in love with it. And I was like, I don't have any plans of stopping this at any point. But I, I was like, I, I wanted to be at every single game possible instead of just doing one here and there because we had so much help. I was like, well, you know, it was 2020. We were sitting at home from COVID. Things had just, the world had just shut down. I was like, I want to start my own media outlet and, and see how this goes. So it was about June of 2020 is when I started it. Uh, first year was real slow, just hard getting credentials because you're brand new. You got to have to kind of get some foundation going. Um, then the next year we brought a couple people on and each year we've just built on and on and on and um, kind of got a, a routine down and figured out the ropes of it. And now it's just, you know, we're just having fun with it, trying to grow everything and just cover UK football and basketball. We try to do the other sports, but outside of that baseball run and volleyball was run a few years ago, basketball football is where our bread and butter is at, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I started, you know, it's kind of funny. I started becoming a football, a UK football fan in 2018. And I, I have a disclaimer for that. It was the first game of the season, not after we, the second game of the season when we beat Florida and it was fun to be a UK fan. I was like, <laughs> well, if I'm going to do this, you know, I need to pick up on football too and get some knowledge around that. So I started, I was like, from here on out, I'm going to you know, follow it. Football just like I do basketball. Well, we won that first game. Then the second game was down in the swamp, snapped the 31 game winning streak. I fell in love with Benny Snell. And from there, it was, you know, it's, it's been pretty fun since that day. Uh, so I think I jumped on right before the bandwagon was, you know, fun to be on. So that's kind of how I got my start. And um, I'm happy to be on here. So thank, thank you all for having me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Of course. It's, um, I, you know, we always joke in the SEC and we're the, uh, for this is the last year that we're actually the new kids on the block because next year it's going to be Texas and Oklahoma. So, um, you know, I think there's always been a lot of, you know, banter back and forth. We've been in the SEC over a decade now. So hopefully that kind of takes some of the weight off of us and uh, A&M shoulders. I don't know. Maybe we're biased. I think we get a little bit more hate, but I always try and, uh, especially since we started doing this podcast, reach out to other other the opponents and and their media sources and find out you know nobody knows you know your team better than you you know for the most part and so that's why i'm one we could sit here and speculate all day long about kentucky and we talked in the pre-show about how weird you know this series has been historically so just wanted to kind of reach out to you and uh and bring you on and let you you know talk about kentucky a little bit what we can expect um i think both teams I kind of use this as a segue, I guess. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know about Kentucky, but there are a lot of Mizzou fans going into the season that had you told them three weeks, six or five and one, they might not have believed you. Um, is that kind of the same boat as Kentucky or was the you know five and one start semi expected? Well, as you all know, Kentucky fans are pretty confident. And, yes, we do have Internet. Um, you know, we've found figured out how to make that work. But uh, to be honest with you, we're, we're exactly uh, where we thought we would be. Uh, you know, a lot of people may have not thought the Florida win would have happened a lot. The, uh, the narrative around here, yes, it was. You know, we we feel confident that we have a chance to beat Florida every year. I know we went through that long streak, but it's just 
I think maybe we're quick to adjust around here. Um, so and we, I mean, until about 24 hours until the game started with Georgia, yeah, most people didn't think we were going to beat them. And then we all talk ourselves into it every single time. Uh, so no, yeah, five and one is right where we're expected to be. Anything better than that, you know, we're hands up excited. So, um, yeah, this is right where we honestly expected to be five and one. Yeah, now, I, I probably I might be going out on a limb here, but I'm guessing we're both at five at one at different ways than what we might have expected. Nobody at Mizzou, uh, outside of the coaching staff and maybe a handful of fans, expected Brady Cook to be top five in the country in passing, uh, almost 1,900 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns through two interceptions last week, his first two interceptions of the year. There, prob there was a lot of hype about Devin Leary going to Kentucky, and looking at stats, it does not look like he has lived up to the hype and the billing that he had. Uh, 92 of 168 for 1,257 yards, 12 touchdowns, and five interceptions. But y'all did seem to strike gold in the transfer portal with the Vanderbilt running back, uh, Ray Davis. Uh, I know Florida, they absolutely know who that guy is now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny that you say that because that's the honest truth. Uh, but the whole offseason, the Devin Leary was our still of the portal. It wasn't Ray, you know, in, our, in the fans' perspective, we were hyped about Devin Leary and Ray Davis is like, I'm just glad he's on our team. It was all about Devin Leary and it's it's completely flipped. We Ray Davis has been the gold mine of the portal for us. And um, I think fans would have told you it was opposite. The thing about that is, I don't know, I know you don't probably don't keep up with Kentucky games obviously as much as we do, but last year, Ray Davis and Vanderbilt came to Lexington and ran all over us. Ray Davis. We knew who his name was after that game. And uh, there's a couple teams last year that Stoops was like, they, he pan picked team, players off that team to come to our team. We got a guy off of NIU, a small school. And he, I think they went to Ray Davis pretty quickly and was like, come up to Lexington for a visit. And uh, he came. And um, I think he's obviously, you know, with him and Devin Leary, Devin Leary is, it's still unknown with him, you know. Um, He's got all the credentials. He's got all the, he just passed 8,000 career passing yards. He's got all the stuff to back up, but he's, still unproven and a lot of that it's more of like a 50 50 kind of deal right now all of our wide receivers are, are dropping passes before the georgia game we led the country and dropped passes um so it's not all on him but he still has he still has a good chunk of it um and there's a lot of points in that georgia game that were just unacceptable and and you they're undisputable like stoops even said in his press conference he was like Soups, Soups never will dog on any of his players ever. He always keeps it internal. And he he's kind of let a little bit out there. He's like, it was unexcusable. Some of those passes, I just don't know how you don't hit those. I mean, he came out and kind of said it to, to start. Um, so Devin Leary with him is just still the unknown. He's still unproven with us. Um, I know we're halfway through the regular season, and it's kind of a little past due, but we're waiting for him to get things going, to be honest with you. But I got to ask, does, is he able to run? Well, he he had a couple of games. He had a couple of plays against Vanderbilt where he ran a little bit. But the way the kind of narrative around here right now is with Will Levis being allowed to run last year, he got hurt, and our season was done from there on. Pretty much, you know, without him, our our quarterback, our second quarterback, isn't wasn't a good option. That's how we still are right now. I don't have any faith in the guys behind Devin Leary. And for what people are saying around town is like around the program is that uh, he's been told not to run. I, I don't okay. know. I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not told not to run because if he gets hurt, you know, there's a bigger problem in the picture. The whole season's done for it, probably. Well, if we, those coaches watch their game versus LSU, they're going to say, let's make an exception because that <laughs> defense can't stop running quarterback to save their lives. Yeah, I saw that court, the LSU's quarterback take, take off plays. Did he, get, did he get a touchdown or did he just run for a big Yeah, game? he ran for a touchdown for he's, sure. He's still running. Yeah, he's still running. Yeah. He ran home to LSU. He pulled the he bus home. He actually force gumped it all the way back to Baton Rouge. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah, he just beat feet down there. But I, I want to touch on um, Devin Leary a little bit because you know this this past summer it seems like every every program that doesn't have like a solidified starter is you know testing the transfer portal waters for a quarterback. Us being being one of those teams, we had. Uh, who with the illustrious Jack Abraham um, last year, just, I mean, lights out guy. Anyway, I'm not going to bag on him. Um, you know, so this past summer, I, I think Drink was a little bit involved with uh, Devin Leary. I think he may have recruited him while he was at NC State. I think that's kind of how that connection came full circle. And so, you know, Mizzou fans initially looked at his stats. They were like, wow, you know, this guy can sling the rock. We were pretty disgruntled. At the end of last season with Brady Cook, uh, I think most Mizzou fans have kind of turned that around. Um, so this game's kind of interesting for me because you know Drinkwitz somewhat knows what he has um, and an opponent in Leary. Um, he's got a couple years against you know Stoops. I'll be the first to admit Kentucky's had our number for the past. Well, they own us, man. Seven, eight years. Um, we just very own them. Couldn't figure them out. Drinks beat him once, um, but other than that, it's been it has been pretty. So, the the Devin Leary situation is definitely uh, very interesting to me, as well as the the tandem, I guess now with Ray Davis. It's, I mean, you guys got some firepower back there for sure. I'm not like you said mentioned, or like you guys mentioned earlier. Um, Florida's very familiar with that, so that's that's one thing that I'm hoping our our defense can hopefully square away this week. Yeah, Devin Leary, um, I think he, he's clearly a guy – he can get the yards. I mean, he's got a whole college career to back that up. Um, I think just now – I don't know if it's just a timing thing or what, but the ones that's been – that's not been a drop pass, they've all been overthrown. None of them, I don't – not that I can remember, have been too short. They've all been, like, way above the player's head. That, he started the game off against Georgia with Tavion Robinson. We, we could have had a touchdown out of that play. He threw it way over it. I mean, full jump, he, he didn't have a chance to catch that. I think it's just he's throwing it too hard, to be honest with you. And w comparing him and Will Levis, Will Levis was jacked. I mean, he, he was he was too strong, you know, compared to Devin Leary. I, Devin Leary, I just – I think that he's just – his problem is, is the, the timing and that he overthrows it. None of it seems to be too short. And then when it finally gets to them, our wide receivers who are very amazing as freshmen are just having a sophomore slump. They're dropping them. Um, they've been very under underperforming this entire season, and we're honestly we're just waiting to get it going. He's still unproven at Kentucky so far through six. Now, if I'm if I'm recalling right, you all brought your old OC back from uh, the NFL, Liam, uh, uh, and so I don't know if you all changed any of your offensive scheme uh, from last year. I'm sure with personnel and the results you're getting, you're probably going to be a run first team. Uh, but when I think of Kentucky, especially under Mark Stoops, I think, you know, he builds his team from the front five uh, 
on offense and defense, he, he gets some big boys in there too. So uh, it's not a team that beats itself uh, too many times, you know, with penalties and just mistakes. They're usually a well-coached uh, week. Stoops has taken him time to build Kentucky to shape it how he wants, but it finally has seemed over the last four or five years he's getting the results he wanted. So uh, are y'all still pretty solid up front like years past? Yeah, um, last year was a disaster. I mean, if it wasn't as obvious as to, as it was to us, last year was a disaster. Uh, this season we did pick up a couple people from the portal um, that our offensive line is definitely miles better than it was last season. But it's still it, – it's got some improvement it needs. It's, it's got plenty of flaws to it. Um, in terms of us being a run-first offense, I would say for – before the last two to three years um, – We've always, you know, it's always been running back you pretty much. And since Cohen got here in 2021, it's been slowly, we got a passing game at that point. And now it's becoming more of like, honestly, 50 50. I mean, the only times it's been more running than passing in the last three years is when our passing is not working and we've got to use our running back to bail us out. Thank God we went through a stretch of six years with Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez that were, you could always rely on them to get you six to eight yards guaranteed guaranteed every single time and we didn't know how that would be with ray davis if that would drop off at all it's clear that it's the same way so um while we try to push the passing game and make it more exciting and promising for wide receivers to come play here um we do lean heavily on that running back one to bail us out of situations so i, I do want to say it is more 50 50 now about the last three years since leon colin got here in 2021 all right uh Case, I feel like you haven't really said much here, so I don't know if you had anything you wanted to talk on or ask him. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because I wanted to actually go to the Leary thing, and Cole kind of uh, got that knocked out for me. Come on, um, <laughs> so it's my stuff there, but I got some stuff. Uh, I want to ask you: um, Does the vibe from the Kentucky fan base is it this is always kind of a wild game? Like, weird stuff happens because, man, you look back at it, uh, and like I said, I'm not afraid to admit it. Y'all own us. I mean, since Stoops got there, he started building this thing. We can't figure y'all out. But, I mean, you look at 2018. Like I'll be honest, game I was at, my least favorite sporting event I've ever attended <laughs> by far. Just, you know, we, you guys had that late run, the no time, the untimed down. Look at the game last year. You look at the 2019 game when you guys – I think that was the first time you guys had put Bowden at quarterback, and we just got destroyed by a wide receiver playing quarterback. It, from our side, is just a crazy game. You can just circle and be like, something weird is going to happen when we play them. I you hate this th game every year. I do, too. I really do. I honestly pick us to lose against you guys every single season because I just know something crazy is going to happen, and it's not going to go our way. Yeah, like, what, is is there like kind of thing on your side like something's gonna happen in this game? But or I don't know what's what's the vibe on your guys' side? I think you are right in saying it is a weird game. Um, weird things do happen every single year, and um, if it's not some specific play or a, a kicker getting injured or, or something like that, or, or a quarterback running it, you know, the whole entire game. Um, it's just like I was telling you all before we started earlier that it always feels like we we can't get things going. Um, we we underperform. We, we we're slow on offense, um, but I definitely can say that 
we do see this as a win every year, like kind of going off what you said, not to throw any hate, but like we we don't see this as a chance to lose. And that kind of leads me, if I, if I may ask you all a question, I really want to know your all's opinion on this. Um, I know, I think it was two years ago, there's a lot of, there was a, a interview of a Missouri player saying, you know, Kentucky's our rival, we get up for them. And to be honest with you, we Kentucky doesn't see Missouri as a rival at all. And and all the UK football players that were online, like, what is this? What is this? Do you all really see Kentucky as a rival? No, that's not really what Martez meant by that. What Martez was saying is that he's tired of losing to you guys. Uh, I think was, I think his point was this. Um, I mean, if you look, you look at like the SEC, there's, you know, your Bama's, your your Bama's, your Georgia's, your sometimes LSU, sometimes not. And then there's like a solid chunk in the middle. And that chunk, at least in the East, for sure, you can look at it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be us. It's going to be South Carolina. It's going to sometimes Tennessee. Sometimes Tennessee plays up. And it's going to be Kentucky, at least in football, that we're always we're always two, three, four, right? Or three, three, four, five. Somewhere we're always in that mix. And we've owned South Carolina. South Carolina. They actually said something similar to us in our media day because they were like, we're tired of losing to Mizzou. We should be losing to Mizzou. March has his point on that. It was like, we're not so much rivals. He just did not like you guys because he couldn't understand why we just find a way to blow the game against you guys every single time. So he's, he was basically mad that you own us. That's That was his point on that. He's just uh, mad that he keeps getting owned by Kentucky. Yeah, I'm glad you cleared that up because I've, you know, I've, for years have thought that might have been the narrative and most people like to be honest with you, you know like i said we do not see this as a rival as more of a win each year and I, I was really kind of shocked that i didn't know if that was you know true i'm glad you cleared that up that it, you know it's not just it's not they don't see it as a big rival every single year like we had thought you all did no that was a team captain who i think he'd gone he gone four straight years losing to kentucky and he was he's yeah. like come on you know what i mean like this is just he's upset about it i think we might be your all's uh, what we have with Tennessee. It's like we can't, you know, Tennessee, we can't, we can't yeah. catch them, dude. Again, it's, there's been a few seasons. Um, what year was it? Might have been in the COVID year. I, I really felt like we were the better team and we lost in the fourth quarter. Like we always will find oh, a way yeah. to lose for them and, and we can't get there. We can't figure them out either. That's kind of the beauty of the SEC, though. Um, is we've all got a team like that. We're all that team. You are, you to us, you are that. To South Carolina, we are that. Or even Arkansas, maybe. Arkansas fans get frustrated that they can't beat us. And they have been a better team multiple times, and it didn't matter. We will still beat them. South Carolina, South Carolina won't beat Tennessee and Clemson last year. The worst game they played or the, the biggest loss they took is when we just absolutely ran the ball down their throat for like 300 yards, and they couldn't do anything to stop it, you know? So that's kind of the, that's kind of what the fun of the SEC is, is every team has got a kryptonite. And no matter how good you are, there's going to be another team it's like no, no, you you can't do you can't do nothing to handle us. And like I said, Kentucky's that for us. We cannot fear Kentucky out at all. Yeah, that's the truth. There's always you know there's always different levels to this. Kind of like a tier base in the SEC. It's like you know we there's some teams that we can beat every year, and there's some teams that we just cannot. You know we have a lot of confidence in some games, and the other ones we're just we have that confidence, but we don't truly expect to win it. That is the Georgia and Alabama's oh, yeah. too. So well, for all us East Siders, that is it's Georgia. <laughs> Georgia just is number one with the bullet. You yeah, you got to bring your A game to even get close to them. Okay, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a little bit about last week's game, but first I'm gonna recap the four weeks or five weeks before that. Uh, well, I don't, I don't have the full schedule, but I don't know who y'all opened up against this oh, year. Ball State. 
Ball State. Okay, and so you won that one, and then you beat Eastern Kentucky, and then Akron, and then you got into your SEC play, beat Vanderbilt 45 to 28, beat Florida 33 to 14, and then last weekend you you go into Georgia and you lose 51 to 13. Uh, what went wrong? I mean, we know Georgia, two-time national champion, uh, defending national champion, loaded with four- and five-star talent, uh, good coach team. But I don't, I don't know that you were expecting that kind of outcome going into that. No, you're correct on that. Um, it was very uh, disappointing. I don't think many truly thought we'd win it, but we we truly thought we would keep it respectable, you know, within a few touchdowns, not get blown out by, what, 38 points, I believe. So it, we, it was, the big takeaway from that was just disappointment. You know, since Stoops has been here, um, he's had some doors and some miles markers that he's wanting to knock down through his 10 years. And at first it was it was Florida. He was wanting to. He was trying to beat Tennessee at least once. We we got a couple of those out of the way. Um, just become respectable in the SEC, and then you know, kind of the the end of it was Georgia. I know that's a, a pipe dream, but Georgia, like this staff talks about Georgia every single season. Like that's our next door to break down. And we thought, you know, there was two years ago when we played them. You know, we definitely the talent gap was way farther apart. We didn't have a chance to beat them, but we the fans thought we did. We thought that was the year when it, we were just a little delusional on that. This year, we thought this was a year to keep it respectable and see what you can do with it. And to to put out a performance like that um, to kind of show us that this at least this team wasn't ready for the challenge was really disappointing. Um, and I think what went wrong. Well, number one, I think it was our defense. You know, since Brad White's been here as a defensive coordinator, we been pretty elite at defense and uh they got exposed at georgia got completely exposed i think there was a stat that came out of the game it was like in the last 56 games under our defensive coordinator there's only been like eight games where the team scored more than 30 points and this was one of them um so our defense got completely exposed um another thing i've been telling people is that well this is obvious but we have to we'd have to be extreme we'd have to be perfect to beat georgia and georgia would have to have do a couple things wrong just to give us a chance um, we beat ourselves on a lot of things, overthrowing passes that were wide open to, to wide receivers, the self-imposed penalties by our team, like a couple of things that just is like, you're not going to beat Georgia at Georgia when they've not lost in two and a half years by doing those things. You've got to be perfect. And when you're not, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but, you know, we kind of did deserve to go, get handed a little bit. Okay. So how do you, how do you realistically expect this team uh, with the players that are on it, that lead it, uh, to respond? Well, I hate to say it, but over the over the Stoops era, um, usually when we drop a game, usually it's when we drop a game that we're not supposed to, which this was a game we were supposed to, the next game we come out dead as can be. Usually following a loss, Stoops doesn't have the best record, you know, the best track record. Um I hope it was a reality check. Um, this team got kind of confident, knocking out, destroying Florida, getting two and zero on in the SEC, five and zero to start the season off with all the replacements we had. Uh, I don't think they were too cocky. I think there was just a little bit of like, you know, we're doing something, and we got humbled really, really quickly. Um, so hopefully, I, I expect them to come out. You know, with it being a home game, a night game, our, our night crowds are just different. Um, I expect them to come out and, and play back to where it was. But if you go off, if you're a numbers guy, you know, we could be kind of, we could not be as good as we should be on Saturday, you know, based off the stats. Yeah. That's one thing that I'm looking forward to in this game is, you know, you guys, you guys just had to go into Athens at night. 
against a you know a Georgia team that's trying to three peed, which is you know in, insane to do in and of itself. Uh, versus a Missouri team that just played LSU, played a we just talked about it in our recap, played a pissed off LSU team. Um, there was just something about that team th- during that game that was just I don't know if it was something that we expected, but at the same time. Um, you know, I, I really do think Missouri should have won that game against LSU, and so it's it, it's almost kind of two different ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Kentucky is, and I'm not trying to bash them at all, but Kentucky's licking their wounds, so to speak, and Mizzou's like, you know, what the hell? We just we just dropped this game against LSU. Now, have we beat LSU and we're going into Kentucky? I would have been much more concerned, but the fact that we did just take one on the chin against LSU, you know, you guys took one. I think it sets up for a very interesting matchup um, in Lexington, considering that both teams just <laughs> just kind of got it handed to them in a way, in different ways, but at the same time, they just, you know, had a, had their butts kicked, so to speak. I think I think it's more of um, fighting for that second spot in the SEC East. You know, once you all had lost uh, against LSU, I think there was three or four hours between when we started or a couple mm-hmm. hours. So for those hours, it was kind of like right now we're in second place in the SEC, tied well, I guess tied in first with Georgia. And, if, you know, whoever wins this game, the SEC, SEC East is theirs. Now that we lost, it's more, you know, us three us, us playing each other this week, it's going to be fighting for that top spot right behind a mile behind Georgia. Um, so I think it's more of that to me, at least to me, it is. It's just kind of who's going to be behind Georgia is what my takeaway. And for uh, on our side, it's more of like bouncing back, not letting a, a one a one loss turn into two losses in a row kind of deal for on the Kentucky side. So here's a question. So you guys lost to Georgia. Say that you guys beat us, but then we beat Georgia. So then then you have a, a trifecta going here. Who Who would take it? You know what I mean? I think at that point you gotta look at <laughs> gotta look at the strength of schedule. Right. Uh, did in those games. I, I bet Georgia probably wins that one out. Um, well, and we would all three have to take care of business against Tennessee too. So and you can't get, I don't know if you can guarantee on us to do that. No. no. Luckily we get them at home this we, year. Yeah. We don't have to go to Neyland. So thank the Lord. I, I could not hear any more Rocky. That place, is a, that place is a dump anyways. It, well, I've I've heard that. Can we agree, are Tennessee fans not the worst? Like, I'm not just saying this. Tennessee fans are so rude, like, beyond, crossing the line rude. Tennessee's are, Tennessee fans are so <laughs> awful. I don't even know what to call them. Every year, they, they come in a force. Um, they are one of one for sure. Yeah, Case, I don't know. Who's your, who's your uh, most hated, I guess, fan base? Most hated fan base? I mean – I got. I don't know. Arkansas is annoying, but I think my most hated is Tennessee as well because I have one story that they just really drive me insane. Last time they came here, when we got just absolutely ruined, there was a a family, a big family, two rows in front of me, and they were sending out like their six year old daughter to go to Mizzou fans and tell them that they suck because, like, I guess you can't hit a six year old. <laughs> well, but they were like, it was like literally like this. I'm gonna get in trouble. It was like this, this, you know, like trash looking dude in his Tennessee hat, and he's like, Go, go tell, go tell them they suck. And then <laughs> he's like, Ha ha, you suck. <laughs> and uh, other fans try to be nice, like, Okay, ha, it's enough. And she got to me, and I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know to be mean. 
So I just kind of looked at her and started laughing. Like I thought it was like, this is a weird situation to be in. And I laughed at her and then she got weirded out and left. But it was <laughs> like, I was like, what kind of fan base does that? Like, what well, is yeah, you? Uh, I would agree. I mean, the, the Vol fan, and I think it only got worse. You know, there were two years that we beat Tennessee back to back years, 50 to 17. I mean, we owned them. And then in the Josh Dobbs era, they beat us like 63 to 36. It was something weird. I remember we just got clobbered. I think we might have won one more and then um, Heupel's 2-0 against us. So that's, that's you know, kind of frustrating, especially Heupel used to be a Mizzou OC. And yep. we kind of have some bad blood with him. He left our bowl game early against Texas uh, in the Texas Bowl to take the head coaching job at UCF and UCF wasn't even like in a bowl that year. So there's kind of some weird blood there. It's yeah, that fan base. And I think it only got worse when they beat Alabama last year. I mean, they just crawled out of their holes and their heads, their heads exploded. Um, They did. Off of your story. I have a quick story. Um, Couple, a couple years we went down to Tennessee and I went as media just to take pictures of the game. And I had two friends of mine that went as, as fans. They got tickets and um, they were sitting up in the, you know, the whole game. I was nowhere near them. We drove down there. We split our ways. I did what I had to do. And when we got back, we got destroyed that game. It was one of the Terry Wilson years. And um, we got back in the car and well, we was actually walking to the car and I met up with them and they, it, you would have just looked like someone just like ruined their entire life. Like the, the looks on their face, they, they told me, they said, I will never come to this stadium again. Straight, straight face. Like they said, we, it, it was two of them. <clears throat> they said they got put in a, in a crowd of just Tennessee fans way outnumbered. And they said they understood, you know, they read, they read the room. They weren't going to start anything. And they said they were just getting stuff thrown at them. They had to get, they had to get moved from their seats. The, they had to come get the security guards to move them seats. They couldn't handle anymore. They thought they were going to get fought by like five or six people. And they, they promised me, they said, I will never be back at the stadium again. They've still not been today. And I was just like, wow, what happened mm. during that game? <laughs> yeah. Know. From the way they acted in pro, man, that, that sounds right on par. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I don't know. I guess that's a, maybe the true definition of a, a rivalry, but. Yeah. If I, here's one last thing I got for you, and then you know it's it's getting a little late, and I don't want to take up too much of your evening. Um, two episodes ago, when we did a Vandy preview, uh, Joseph he kind of gave us one thing for, I guess Mizzou fans to watch, and I'm, I guess I'm essentially asking you to um, expose a, a weakness for your team. Like, what's one thing that Mizzou fans need to look at for for Mizzou to capitalize on? You know where what what's maybe a chink in the armor for for your Kentucky team? I I think it's our passing game. Um, I mean, our wide receivers Dane Key and Barry on Brown last year as true freshmen they were dominant, like too good to be as freshmen. And this year has been as far from that as possible. Barry on Brown's been all right. Dane Key's just having a sophomore slump. It's I mean he was phenomenal last year. It's two different worlds. And I think if you all capitalize on just you know, taking out our receivers and, and guarding them well enough and, and pressure and Devin Leary, I think that's your best chance. I mean, Ray Davis, Davis, you know what you're going to get out of him. We, that's a guarantee to work each time. We'll just hand it to him, let him fall forward a couple of yards. That works. Um, I, I truly expect our defense to be back on par as, as elite as they normally are. Um, that I think if you were going to target anything, it would be that just our pass game. Good deal. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Just looking back through some of the, uh, you know statistics on on how Leary's played 
Um, and I don't know. <laughs> Again, we've mentioned it multiple times, but this is a weird game. So who knows? Hopefully this isn't Devin Leary's breakout game. Hopefully it's against Tennessee. But That's uh, my big fear is his breakout <laughs> game. Our <laughs> secondary has been a little soft. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, man. That's that's my capitalize for Kentucky is yeah. attack our secondary early and often because I think they're going to they, – they're just – they're hurt. The safeties are playing way down from where they used to. And like talent, it just seems like you know they're talented, but it's like not playing as well. And yeah. I just, uh, I think we're really soft back there, like weak. Just like there's not enough guys to go around, and it's just it's hurting us really bad. And so it, this might be the get right game. Yeah, another thing I might touch on is is that you know Mizzou has done through through six games. Mizzou's done a pretty darn good job of limiting running backs to to yardage. I mean, we haven't had. Will Howard kind of ran all over us, um, you know, from Kansas State, quarterback for Kansas State. Jane Daniels is Jane Daniels. I mean, he's world-class athlete. He's a potential Heisman guy. I don't know what kind of year he's going to have. But if we can, I think if Mizzou can contain Ray Davis, if not, it may be. It might be either a barn burner or a long game for us, one of the two. Yeah. You know, if, if Devin Leary doesn't have his breakout game and doesn't get things going, I'm not confident it's going to happen because, you know, like I said, it's halfway through the season and still, I mean, it's not completely unknown. He's shown a little few glimpse of it, but, like, he's not been what he should have been at Kentucky so far. And um, if he, you know, it, we're getting too far of just making excuses of it being early. You know, the first non-conference three games that were against small schools, uh, hiding some things for Vanderbilt and Florida and Georgia and not exposing it all to start the season. You know, I'm not confident if he don't get things going pretty quickly. If it's gonna happen here, um, are you are you all coming up to Lexington for the game? Wish I could. Yeah, yes. wish I could. I was gonna say if y'all all made the trip, we could get you some some of this brown water, some of this bourbon. Get you some. <laughs> I actually, uh, so I live in Columbia. Uh, I went out to Huntington, West Virginia, this past summer to good army buddy of mine's wedding, and went right through Lexington, stopped and. Took as a joke at play on the last year's game stop and took a picture in front of Kroger Field saying I finally found where the tackle box ended and it was right right here in front of Kroger Field. So I don't know, man. It'll be um it is it's beautiful country down there. I'll give them I'll give you all that. It's it's a pretty drive, especially eastern Kentucky. I think oh, yeah. the best thing to come out of Eastern Kentucky is Tyler Childers, but that's just that's just my opinion. He's he's in his own category in my opinion. He is. Yeah. He uh, is. There's a highway there. I forget what highway it is. Uh, him, Chris Stapleton. There's there's like five or six juggernauts that just came within you know ten miles from each other. It, it's really odd. Um, all through Pikeville and Eastern Kentucky, it's it's just and and every week there's some small no name person that pops up and they stay around for a while. They come to Lexington and go to these bars and then every once in a while a few you know, a few of them get bigger and bigger and but. There's so it's it's some I want to say something in the water or something in the genetics, you know. I I know we can get some jokes there, but um, but it's it's ridiculous how much music talent comes out of Eastern Kentucky. They can sing, man. They can sing. Just it, it might be from us. put out the best whiskey in the world, so that might be part of it. Maybe so. But you know what I mean? Just give it to the babies and smooth voice. And them charred white oak barrels. That's what it is. They just yeah. you know, put it in the bottles and feed it to their babies, I guess. I'm not sure. Man. <laughs> I missed out on it. I missed out on it because I can't sing worth worth the cap. <laughs> hey, join the club. Hey, Trace, I did want to ask you, you you said you got your credentials as media, correct? Yeah. 
So do you go to like coaches, uh, press conference and all that? Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole shabam. Uh, we, okay. well, cats coverage is like its own media outlet. So yeah, we, we've got a whole little team and we try to bust, bust it every week. You know, it's, it's a grind, man. So I'm going to ask a favor. If you can get Mark Stoops to have a sentence with Luther Burden and overrated, we will take it from there, cop, chop it, cut it, and that will be our bulletin board material. <laughs> What's the name again? <laughs> I can't make any promises. I'll definitely try. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you know his name because unlike your freshman receivers that had a really good last year and having a sophomore slump, Luther Burden – is having everything but a sophomore slump. Yeah. Uh, he's and he's he's somebody y'all. Hopefully, you get to enjoy his skill set and talents that we have so far this year. Definitely, somebody you'll see on Sundays. Yeah, I have to admit that's yeah. that's my fault. I I don't keep up with a whole lot of opposing teams where the Kentucky thing just consumes me. So like I didn't mean that as disrespect. I, oh, I don't. No. I can name about three people on Missouri, and that's just because I just no offense. I don't keep up with a whole lot of other teams. But no, I'll uh, put that in. It's um it's funny because um Mark Stoops and I've done it enough now where I don't get as nervous. But Cal and Mark Stoops and Cal, it's so different. Mark Stoops is business. He's a he's a, a normal dude. You can you can talk to him and not get nervous. Uh, but for years until I just got some repetition, Cal is Cal's a different figure. Not to go off on that subject, but Cal is a celebrity. He can be tough sometimes to ask a question, especially, you know, a joke one. Mark Stoops is where you got the best chance to get that off on, <laughs> unless he's pissed. You know, I can understand we, that that vibe so, from Cal for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, Cal's a good good guy. I think he's just – he's a celebrity. He's not a normal dude. I mean, he – you can yeah. ask him a question about this player, and he will answer that question how he wants. Um, it's, it, he can go way off – on the other end, he's very PR trained. It's just he's a different breed. Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on. If you want to give a shameless plug on where people can find you and your content, go ahead. Well, sure. Yeah. It's just um, catscoverage.com. Um, you know, with us, we'll put out some Missouri content this year. Come, come wear it out in the comments, trash us. I, I love a good, you know, trash talk. I, I'm someone that's like, I enjoy the trash talk as long as it's backed up. It doesn't like I'm not someone that wants to like everybody be nice. Like I love it. I, I love the trash talk. So, um, but thank you all for having me on here. I appreciate it. And um, you all seem like nice guys. And if you all make it up to Lexington at some point, let me know. If I make it down to Missouri, I'll be messaging you. Yeah, you man. Life or something. I don't know. For sure. And now that we know that you cover, you know, your bread and butters, both football and basketball. We'll uh, we're big basketball guys here. One of Noah Carter. He's a good friend of ours. And so uh, once once it comes. Kentucky Mizzou uh, basketball week. We'll we'll have you back on. Okay. Uh, hey, I want to say one thing. The guy that you all had on your team this year, and I'm now his name's gonna slip me. The best player you all had that got drafted, um, Kobe Brown. Brown. Yeah, Kobe Brown. So he was on when he was on his visit years ago to Lexington. Um, I didn't do anything media wise then. I, I met him in the in the mall in Lexington. And couldn't have been nicer. I was just some fan that knew he was in town for his visit. And I went up and probably bothered him and asked him how he was. He gave me his phone number and we texted for like the next year. And I try not to bug him, but like I probably did as a fan. And uh, he could not have been nicer. He still actually still have we have each other on Snapchat. Believe it or not, I keep up with his stories. Yeah. And I just wanted. To, I've always told a lot of people like that. He's he's a good dude. He seems like um, you know he's got all the. He doesn't, there's no reason he needs to talk to me, and he's always been respectable about it. And I just wanted to – outside of you all wearing us out last year in basketball and him putting it on us, um, I've always thought a lot of Kobe, Kobe Brown. 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's a Mizzou sure. legend, not for just yeah. who he is on the court, but uh, who he is off the court. I believe uh, he's he's a great guy, and will always be fondly remembered from Mizzou. But man, we appreciate you coming on, uh, and hopefully, I mean, we're, we're obviously hoping our Tigers come out with a win, but hopefully, you get uh, to enjoy a good game like we did uh this past saturday so best of luck to y'all thank you guys appreciate you having me all right thank you thanks for coming all right thanks trace see you you, man all right fellas well uh i mean i as far as previewing kentucky i don't really know how much more we need to say other than this is an older team that we have there's a bunch of guys that came back because they want to do something special this year so uh, seeing how they respond uh, to a loss and everything's still right there in front of them that they want. They still control their own destiny as far as SEC. And I guarantee you a one-loss SEC champion is going to get in the playoffs. So, I mean, everything to play for is right there if they want it. If I mean, they've got to go earn it. Yeah, no doubt. You uh, You took the words right out of my mouth with, we mentioned it in the uh, the recap. Drink Cody, D-Rob, and Javon Foster all said it's how we respond, and that is exactly what we're looking forward to. Uh, we talked about Devin Leary, how, you know, it could be, hopefully it's not, but it could be a breakout game. It could be some of the same of what we've seen. So, yeah, I think Trace did a, uh, I think Trace did a great job kind of covering it. It's always good to get a good media person on there and not just some Joe Blow like us. I guess, yeah. No, I think Trace a good job. Also, though, I kind of want to back up um, and look a bigger, like, you know, really pull the camera back here. Uh, this is absolutely a team that gives us fits as a program. It's given drink fits besides first season. We said we wanted to make that next step. We wanted to really grow the program. Like, let's look at a reality. That does not mean going to the playoff or winning the SEC, but it does mean winning eight, nine games. And it does mean taking care of these teams that, like I said, I'm not trashing Kentucky. I'm saying you look at like where we all sit, they're in the same tier of SEC football teams as us. Just like us, South Carolina, then us, we can't get past them. And if Drink can knock this down and get this one off the list, it's going to go a long way for raising the value of this program, I think, in SEC eyes and recruits' eyes and the fan base's eyes. So I think this is a big opportunity for Drinkwitz. This could be a big win for him. It could really seal that this program is going forward. I think. Uh, you can safely say, and it sucks to say it, but over the last eight, nine years, Kentucky has probably surpassed us in the tiers at SEC. Like, they're mm-hmm. the potential to, to be the two, uh, and we haven't came close to it. There was the 2018 and 19 season that there were hopes that we could get there, but just did not get the results we wanted. So uh, this is – a great step for us to when when we think Kentucky, I mean, we should I'm sure everybody thinks basketball and that football's a secondary thought. And as Mizzou fans and Mizzou homers, we feel we probably should be a better program. And that's frustrating part of them beating us. And it's not, you know, yes, there's calls here and there that have probably swayed games one way or the other. But they've just downright beat us. I mean, you don't yeah. you don't beat a team as often as they beat us because 
flukes or because of refs. Uh, so kudos to them and the program Mark Stoops has built there. But uh, if Drinkwitz is going to have a sustained career at Mizzou, uh, you're going to have to start beating Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a target we need to knock down and and kind of right the ship. It's huge too because yeah, I'll see after this game we come back home for homecoming. So if you can go on the road at Lexington at night, get a win, come back home for uh, for homecoming, and then go into a bye, um, that'll be that'll be huge for the program. Um, you know. It, It'll still be a good showing, regardless of what happens. I think in uh, in Lexington, unless we just get absolutely blown out. But you want to you want to solidify the reason that these players came back for this season. You go down to Lexington, you get a win, and yep. you come back home. That that will make a lot of folks forget about the LSU game, not completely, but for the most part, and that. Drinkwitz and everybody else said in the uh, post-game press conference that, you know, we played Vandy and we still have to play the other five opponents on our schedule within the SEC East. Um, That's that's what I was just getting ready to say because I I, case I saw you kind of laugh when I said like the SEC championship there. And if if you can win that, like what the coach and the players said after the game, I don't think this team is going to be satisfied with eight wins. I, I think their goals are, and I think they truly believe that. So if it don't matter what any of us say, what any national media says, if they believe it and that's their desire and will, and that's what they're trying to prove, it's still there in front of them. Yeah, yeah go get it. It's then, you know? still there in front of them. So uh, let's let's go get it. Uh, hopefully they come back with the dub and make homecoming even more special. But uh, second yeah, second homecoming and no telling how many Super Bowls this is for us now, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but that's probably going to wrap up the preview part of Mizzou football. Let's hurry up and hit outdoors real quick. Uh, man, driving up, we stayed in uh, Osage Beach Friday night. And so that hour drive to Como, the deer Saturday morning were moving ridiculously. So hopefully there were some of our listeners that got to go out and hunt and have a successful uh, hunt over the weekend. Great weather. Uh, I went this evening for the first time this year. I was like, hey, a way to get over a loss, go sit in the tree stand. Hadn't really done any scouting aside from taking my preacher out and showing the public land. I go set up and see seven deer in about an hour and a half, uh, two hour span on public land and shot. I had, had that sound of the second impact of the arrow and she jumped like something hit her and took off running. And I thought I heard her crash, go down, find the arrow. There's hair where the blades slide out. It's a rage hyperdemic I'm shooting. And half of one of the edges is gone. The other one's got a big uh, crease, crink in it now. And as you all saw in the picture, the tip of the spear part of it 
is laid over and curved. So, uh, but there's no trees, no limbs. As far as that shooting lane I had, there was nothing there. So I do not have a clue uh, what happened there. Do not have a clue. It happens like that, man. Uh, that was my my first deer of the year last year that I took a shot at. was uh, too low. Nothing. Um, it's hard to think that you can hit low and not get something. A lot of times you hear about hitting high and not getting in the uh, getting no man's land. But that's unfortunate, man. I mean, all you can do is go back to the drawing board and keep. Hey, if that means I get the year you had last year. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You're in uh you're in good shape. Now um the past week, and I guess looking forward, past week um I actually hit the water. I didn't hit the woods. I hit the water this past week. Um dad has uh I guess not resurrected, but he, he got a uh boat up and running. It's a uh twenty-two foot Piro. Awesome boat awesome boat it's gonna be a lot of fun we went scout rivers missouri rivers way low right now but we buzzed up perchy creek and uh, hopped down on the missouri ran up about a mile and a half took my daughter uh we played around on a sandbar looking at you know treasures and stuff like that since the water's super low there's all kinds of stuff all over those sandbars but mainly was a little bit of a scouting mission just trying to test out that bow before we fully commit to uh trying to capture the fall bite for these catfish so dad's out of town this upcoming week as this drops when he gets back i'm hoping to have harvested a doe i'm going out wednesday so actually this podcast will drop i'll be uh i'll be in a tree stand and hopefully i'll have some deer liver for uh for him to use his catfish bait when the uh, when 60 so, wednesday for como i know don't don't remind me i'm still gonna i'm still gonna go and if a doe presents herself you see the weekend i did friday rain high 65 low 47 saturday 58 45 sunday yeah. 58 42 so another weekend man, cold front it's there yeah. It's there. This gonna play pretty well, and uh, we're we got an away game. So, yep. case you, you seem like you got to get to the woods a little bit there from our conversation yeah. earlier. Yeah, no, I did. I I went out a Friday between after work in between you know not not real long couple hours sitting didn't see anything, but I've been going out to the Platte County Platte County property. I had a six point walk in front of me last weekend. Um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned the, on the show or not, but that's obviously too small for Platte County. Um, I, but I've had, that's the weird luck I'm having on that stand is I'm seeing a lot of deer in that stand, but it's all younger, uh, males, which is again, illegal. Uh, I've not seen one doe on that stand at all this year. Hmm. So you'll figure, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, I've been hunting my property a little bit. I've only really gone out there a few mornings. So, have to see what's going on there. I've got good camera footage out there, but we're starting to do the uh, changing of schedules right now. Yeah, you know we're in, we're in October. Things are going to start mixing up. So we're going to sit some more out there a little bit. I don't know. It's it's a weird time of year. October is fun, man, because every weekend in October is a little different. Some weekends they are just moving like crazy, 
And I don't, I don't think it's all the same to the entire state. They may be moving crazy in your part of the state, and they may be moving crazy next week in my part of the state. You know, yeah. It's just, it's until we get November, you get consistency. There's no consistency right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's the time of year. Was get out to your stand when you can. I understand we've all got lives outside of hunting. We're not pros, you know, because uh, you never know. You never know when that guy's or that that big bill or that big buck's gonna cross over in front of you. Now, I did want to ask y'all. Uh, armchair quarterback me here a little bit. So I'm I'm sitting in the in the blind, and here come a big doe, and then it looked like probably year old set of another doe and a spike. He way too tall to be uh, count as a button, so he'd have to count as one of my two antlered. I thought first day of sitting in the stand, probably too early to burn an antler tag. He was eight yards broadside, the only one of the three that provided uh, a shot for me. So was it smart hunting public land? And I don't have antler restrictions here. I'm CWD zone. So if it's brown, it's down as far as law. But was it smart in letting him walk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Regardless if it's public land. First of all, that's a you decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's go yeah. ahead, Case. I mean, no, I'm sorry. You probably more than say what I was going to say, probably. Well, I mean, e- even if it's if it's public land, even if it's CWD zone, um, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of split on this one. If it's Shoot what makes you happy. Um, I, I guess I'm going to kind of straddle the fence on this one. On one side, shoot what makes you happy. If that spike coming in gets your heart to pitter patting, and you know you're going, to, you're pulling your crossbow up, compound rifle, whatever, up and take a beat on that thing, and you know feels right, go for it, man. Uh, but at the same time, if you want to practice, you know. Good herd management, good health management for your herd. Again, even if it's public land, you're doing your part. Um, you know they can't get they can't get to be state records if you don't let them grow. So, well, I mean, it, it's not so much about what he could potentially come. I was thinking, like, my goal is to get a decent racked buck this year. I've yeah. yet to accomplish that uh, in all my years of hunting. And if I burned one of those antler tags today, like then that makes me become very selective throughout the rest of the season as far as anything with antlers on it. So uh, that was my thinking. Uh, that's because, why I initially blurted out like, no, is because yeah. it's October 8th and the best is yet to come. I played that game one year. I guess it's going to be a little different. I played that game one year and burnt myself. Um, there was a really pretty buck that was on my, my property in Clay County, and he had dropped tines, and he was hanging around for a while before season. And I passed on a Platte County legal eight-point opening day of rifle season. And I, I regretted that because I never got the other buck, and I never got that buck at all that season. So that really bummed me out. But... As you're saying it was that you know kind of smaller. I, I, yeah, I you think you made the right point, but right play there. 
But I would say, and this wasn't really to use, it's just whoever's listening, um, don't pass up on that good eight for hoping there's a 10 out there. If you got a good eight in your crosshairs, uh, I'd say take that every day. Don't, or do whatever you want. Maybe I'm wrong too. Like Cole said, do whatever you want. It's your tag. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say that and then be like, you you paid for the tag. You do whatever you want. You know what I mean? I mean, the hankering for some fried deer steak is there. Especially yep. when it's fresh, so take them slick was, heads, man. Well, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted one of the does. They just did not present a shot whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but man, it's you know you, you you talk about the best is yet to come. They right now their movements and their motions in the woods like they're almost carefree compared to later in the year especially when guns get out uh i don't know how it is up there around y'all but here on What's public pressure? land when the guns get out and start hearing those bangs i mean a squirrel stepping on a stick and they're about blowing and going you know uh real jumpy yeah. and i had no cover scent nothing i was just up there had went to church this morning went out to eat at uh it had fried or had Zaxby's. So it was around fried food. I know it had all kinds of odors. They didn't care. No, they didn't care. I don't know, man. I got winded last weekend. I got winded by a doe from, I thought way too far away. And I had a cover scent on. I was in clothes. I had just washed in the decenter the night before. And maybe, my, maybe I was in a bad spot. Can I, so I don't know up here. It's a little different, but I think up here is a little different for me because I hunt private land primarily. And, you know, um, my biggest pressure I get is from the other farms around my farms, you know, shooting deer. Like, hell, I, I heard three gunshots this morning. I imagine three does went down. And this is, this yeah. is you know, rifle antler season right now. So I imagine three does went down. It could be the same herd. Um, I, I'll be honest. I kind of like it a little later because they're a little more carefree for at least us a little later. I, I get those bucks walking around like idiots, you know, all horned up. You know, they don't care about they smell me just wrong. They'll keep coming through there. Right now, I had an eight point. Uh, I've, I ranged it after he left. This is obviously way too long of a bow shot. I had an eight point come in at about 70 yards. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Johnny really. Walker. And there was two trees, too. <laughs> so I've been through the trees. It's been a really interesting shot. Um so I saw him come in and he was cross. I'm this way. He's crossing this way, but hell he was looking around. I could, he didn't only ever saw him, but he was real cautious the entire time. Uh, he didn't make, he, not make a sound. So I feel like they are kind of on edge right now. They could be, it could be a little bit of the, uh, that antler, you know, that antlerless firearm season. We, yeah. we, we haven't had that in God knows how long. So, Things could have been a little on edge. Uh, this I'm just laughing because we we broke this down into two episodes a week, so we could get go more shorter. content in and go shorter. It's an hour and out. here we, we are, an hour. And we could talk. I mean, we could ramble on another 20, 30 minutes talking hunting. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's uh, we haven't we haven't really got into the meat of hunting season yet. Like how we. I guess we'll have to record a, a third episode. Well, you to told honey. you told my wife that at the game yesterday, and what she say? She said like hell. That's <laughs> not happening, right? 
Oh, I'm saying one setting like we do now. Right. All Sunday yeah. night, but oh, just a separate heavens. episode of hunting. I got to get up in six hours and go to work. So yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> two of us. But all right, to those that are staying in state and going out hunting in the the great weather headed up this week, best of luck to y'all. Uh, hopefully, it's a safe. Uh, good harvest for you so i think i forgot to mention at the beginning because you threw me off with wishing your wife a happy birthday which happy birthday <laughs> to her but uh home field studios don't forget to check them out entering code variety sports great network appreciate them having us as part of the network but entering code variety sports for 15 percent off your first purchase but all right tigers let's go to kentucky and let them sing the blues in the bluegrass state. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care and wear your tree stand harnesses. <laughs>